and happy Saturday, everyone. It's Answers for Elders Radio, and we hope everyone is having a great day today. Our first guest is a brand new guest that we have not had here before on the radio show, but it is a wonderful lady that I have had the privilege of getting to know over the last week or so, and her name is Stephanie Haslam, and she is actually an attorney with a very unique background um, with compassionate legal care in, in Northgate. Is that correct, Stephanie? That's correct. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Suzanne. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I want to talk first before we get into to our topic, which I think is really important. I want to talk about a little bit about your background. Um, you shared with me that you used to be an occupational therapist. And of course, we've had um, a lot of talk about the wonderful work that occupational therapists do. But you kind of took a unique kind of a, a side turn and you went into law. How did that happen? I found myself doing a lot of advocacy work as an occupational therapist. Mm-hmm. I worked in for almost 20 years in the areas of um, elder law or elder uh, occupational therapy, right. working in home health and in skilled nursing facilities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were finding that they needed to have wheelchairs or have a continued therapy services and were be de- being denied services or denied equipment. And I found I was in charge of writing those letters of um, to write the letters to request the, the services be be provided. And I found I was pretty good at it, enjoyed it. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the advocacy work, and I got results. You know, and there's that word that I love. Um, it's it's becoming that advocate for seniors that is so powerful. And you really made that happen in a big way, and it really tells about your heart and what you do for a living. Tell me a little bit about the types of law that you practice and what your specialty is for seniors. Well, first of all, I'd like to clarify, under, okay. in the legal field, we're, we're not permitted to say we have a specialty. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, my focus of uh, the, my law practice is um, elder law, um, estate planning. I, I focus in the areas of uh, wills, powers of attorney, mm-hmm. guardianships, mm-hmm. if powers of attorney aren't available to the person, um, uh, asset preservation, and Medicaid planning. Wow. And we look at... Uh, the, the whole family, not just the individual doing the documents. And right. So we're a unique kind of uh, law practice. Wow. That's really cool. And I know you've, you speak so highly of the team that works with you mm-hmm. and, and um, just really a lot of, tells, says a lot about, you know, who you are and what you do. And, and working with the entire family, that is such a really, really important thing. Um, because oftentimes I know with my parents' generation, which they are from the greatest generation, they don't like to talk about their money. They don't Mm -hmm. like to talk about um, their wills, anything that's uncomfortable topics, their final wishes planning, anything like that. So having somebody like you that can help facilitate those conversations can be so important. And I'm sure you found that. Is that, is that true? It's very important. Um, to, for, to communicate what your wishes are for them to be followed. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have had those conversations with, with seniors who are very private in their affairs. And I do have an individual conversation with the clients mm-hmm. um, before the family um, mm-hmm. and encourage them to be in communication with their family members about sure. what their wishes are and how they want them to be carried out. And that is the, 
the greatest guarantee of them being carried out. Sure, sure. Uh, there are many times in our um, elder law listserv on you know email listserv that we find someone looking for the will of so and so that has been so well you know, well preserved and well hidden that no one ever finds it. Yeah. They know one's been done, but then if you can't find it, it doesn't do any good. Wow. So communication is so important. You know, it is really important, and it's sad that in many families today there isn't a lot of communication, and I I know that. Um, you know, for the families that I work with and different things like that, there's all kinds of misconceptions. There's, there's, um, you know, everybody processes things differently. Mm -hmm. And as, you know, let's say mom is the matriarch of the family and all of a sudden starts to lose her faculty, it kind of shakes up the whole foundation of everybody's reaction. And I know that that's a a key issue. It can be. And so, my role oftentimes is not just as a, an attorney mm-hmm. at law. I'm mm-hmm. also a counselor at law. So offering you know, services to help the family find what, what the loved one still is able to do and find right. the strengths in what they're able to do and to gather around and help support their loved one in what their abilities still are and to preserve the abilities through documentation, through doing the will, through right. doing powers of attorney and to preserve um, their wishes through those documents. Right. That's and, so important. And to educate the family members on how to carry them out. And, and you know, we're, we're, our real topic today, obviously, is we want to talk about the power of attorney because it is such a huge issue. Um, a lot of, I can imagine that a lot of seniors say, well, if I have a power of attorney, it's like giving up control. It's like all of a sudden you're not, you don't have, a, you know, a say anymore in your future. And really, Stephanie, I'm sure that's not really the case, is it? The intention of the power of attorney is actually to preserve your wishes is when you cannot speak for yourself. Um, the design of the document is to put into words and memorialize Mm -hmm. your wishes, specifically what your wishes are. And the power of the power of attorney are the words in the document. So by preserving in words what you want for when you can no longer speak for yourself, you're actually empowering yourself. And by putting into words um, and and pointing who you wish to do the documents, Mm -hmm. my I misspoke, who you wish to carry out your wishes and what the scope of their authority is, you're empowering yourself. Whereas the alternative is is to not do anything at all, and if it ever comes to a point where you can't make wish, you know, your decisions known or your wishes known, then it's by default, and you don't right. have a choice about who does it, right. and the court sometimes has to get involved, and that can be really difficult for a family and very difficult on your autonomy. I, I can I can really. I understand that for sure. And we are talking to Stephanie Haslam from Compassionate Legal Care here in Seattle. And Stephanie is an attorney that does um, a lot of elder law and estate planning law. It, that's your main focus of practice. I'm, I'm assuming you do other types of law too? Um, primarily estate planning, guardianships when people have not been able to do Got their it. estate plan in a timely manner. Wow. We, help, we help families work to um, preserve assets if they need mm-hmm. to plan ahead for um, for disabilities down the road. Mm-hmm. And I also work with families of all ages in doing their estate plans, you know, younger families as well. Right, mm-hmm. right, which is really important. Yeah. So, Stephanie, with, let's go back to the power of attorney for a minute. You know, what age should somebody think about having that power of attorney drafted up? What What is kind of the indicators that that needs to happen? When you're 18, 
So when you okay. no longer have a legal decision maker, your parent, um, you, you, it, it is a good, a good idea to have your power of attorney put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, in the event there's an accident and you're temporarily or permanently incapacitated, you know, who would you want to make your decisions for you? And so I advise anybody over the age of 18 to have a power of attorney. That's powerful. Yeah, there's a misconception that you know if you're married, that your spouse can automatically make decisions for you, and there are some limited decisions a spouse can make for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you reach a wall, oftentimes. If yeah, I remember when we uh, had our will drafted up, there was a real specific of you know what we gave we gave each other full authority to act on each other's ha- behalf, and there was all this stuff listed that we had to sign to. I remember that. Now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, yeah, so yeah. if you have a joint bank account, you, you may be able to act on each other's behalf. But if you own a, a piece of real estate together sure. and something happens to one of the spouses, you the other spouse may not have the authority to sell the property right. without a power of attorney. Um, so it's very important to get the documents done ahead of time you know, before you even anticipate a need. Sure. Kind of like having an insurance policy. So <clears throat> the power of attorney basically is... Um, a document that gives somebody the right to follow through on your wishes. And how is the best way? I mean, I, I suppose everybody's different, but how do you make the best choice? What do you What do you believe is the best choice of an individual to select? Well, there are several, <clears throat> m- many powers you can um, give authority for. Mm-hmm. Um, in my office, there are two main types of powers of attorney I'll have a, a client do. One is for health care decisions, mm-hmm. and that includes um, decisions regarding medication, treatment, um, who provides the care. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, inside the power of attorney, we do the living will or the advanced right. directive for right. end-of-life instructions. So you want to ensure that your decision maker is going to be comfortable making the end of life you know decisions for you or making the decisions for medical for medications for you for pain medication for example. So if you have um, for example if you have children that are making decisions for you is is the child you're choosing as your first agent mm-hmm. comfortable making medical decisions right. or are they squeamish? Right, right. And then the another major document is the the financial power of attorney. Is the person that you're naming as your first choice for agent, are they good with money? And mm-hmm. you want to set the person up for success. <clears throat> so it may be that one of your children is really, really good at, at the medical decisions and very devoted and willing to go to doctor's appointments. But maybe they're not good at money. And mm-hmm. it's not that they're a bad person. They're just not good at that job. Right. And then you have another child that's very practical and, and good with numbers but are, doesn't really understand the medical realm. So it's choosing the right person for the right job. That totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Obviously, for you, um, making sure that those are spelled out appropriately so that when when somebody's sitting down, um, then having that conversation with a family of this is why these individuals were chosen. Because Mm -hmm. I think think one of the things within every family, um, there's a lot of variables that go on. I know for me, um, my mother... Um, she chose somebody pretty much that wouldn't say no to her anything she wanted to do, which I understand power of attorney is about um, following through on their wishes. On the other hand, my mom had dementia, (laughs) so she wasn't making very smart decisions. And so she and I, in the initial stages, of course, were really almost combative. So it was good to understand a little bit about, you know, finding that happy medium that I got to learn. So that was important, I'm sure. Right. And and knowing, you know, at what point are you 
having to take over decision-making, and, or are you just supporting decision-making? Sure, that makes sense. So, Stephanie, how do we reach you? Um, well, I can be reached at, um, at my website at www compassionatelegalcare.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm our, we also have a phone number at 206-525-6919. Wait, and would you stay on for another segment with us? I'd be delighted. Good. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond, I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. 